This is the Heartland Daily Podcast. I often refer to my favorite scientist, my favorite meteorologist, John Coleman. Not since John Coleman have I been so impressed with a resume. Like John Coleman, my next guest has been in the weather business, both in front of the camera and behind the camera, an on-air meteorologist since 1978, currently doing daily radio forecasts. His work on climate issues, specifically the problems with temperature measurements, via his own surfacestations.org website, has been cited worldwide in books, studies, government reports, and so on. He is a senior fellow for environment and climate at the Heartland Institute. His name is Anthony Watts. Anthony, thank you so much for joining me. How are you? It's my pleasure to be here today. Thank you. You know, Anthony, this argument has all the characteristics of a great con. It's a ba- built on very, very skewed information. It's like looking through a keyhole and describing the Mona Lisa 100 yards away. It's giving people a false sense of arrogance and ignorance to where they feel not only have they affected the planet that's been here for 4.5 billion years, but somehow their actions and their seizing other people's freedoms and movement will solve the problem. I remember reading um, in 2009 about ClimateGate, East Anglia University, thousands of emails, all talking about skewing and corrupting the information known as data. You found something, haven't you? Yes, I have. Um, I have been, for the past over a decade, been interested in how America and the world measures the temperature of the Earth. Um, We have a network of stations all around the United States and the world that are designed to measure uh, the daily temperature, high and low, for use in weather forecasting verification. But also, it has been uh, adopted to use for measuring climate change over a 30-year period. And what I found after visiting hundreds upon hundreds of these stations, photographing them and then comparing them to the government-published standards for how these should be placed, I discovered that 96% of them produce corrupted data, corrupted data that is too hot. And it's too hot because the thermometers have been surrounded by infrastructure, asphalt, concrete, brick building, concrete building, air conditioning systems, and so forth and so on. The environment in which they have existed over the last hundred years has changed while they've stayed in the same place. And as a result, what we're measuring and calling climate change is not fully representative of what really is truly happening with the climate. It's more representative of what's happening in our own local environment and how we've changed our area around us. It's not about the planet. It's about our own locale. And what I found is when you seek out those stations that have not been biased by a localization of, uh, you know, concrete, asphalt, and so forth. And these are a lot of these stations are way out in the boonies. I mean, they are in the middle of nowhere. They've been around for a long time. And when you look at the data that those produce compared to the rest of the stations in the United States, the rate of warming that those stations produce is about half of the official claim of global warming for the past century. In fact, so much of the, the scales the hockey stick, the rest of it. These are made to fit the alarmists who in their part-time live at their seaside estates, which I find amusing. 
But the information itself really only goes back about 120 years, does it? Not since we've been actually, actually keeping uh, uh, verifiable records. That's right. Uh, we only have numerical temperature records back to about just about 1850. Uh, and, and even in 1850, we've just got a handful of those. But we don't really have anything other than anecdotal or what's called proxy records any further back than that. But from those, we can tell the, these other types of records, things that are like in the fossil record, that are in the record of trees, that are in the records of coral, mm -hmm. uh, and things like that, diatoms on the ocean floor. We can find out what the temperature likely was within a few degrees, you know, hundreds or thousands of years ago. And what we've learned in those kinds of studies, it's been much warmer in the past. During the time of Christ, what's called the Roman Warm Period, it was as warm or warmer than today. And during the time of the, the medieval times, we have the medieval warming period. That's my Again, favorite. Warm, yeah, as warm or warmer than today. And so the people that are out there saying, we're going to hell in a handbasket because, you know, the climate is warming, don't want to look at this old data. They don't want to look at these things. And in fact, there had been an effort, and this came out in climate case, that they had to get rid of the medieval warm period. They had to get rid of, <laughs> uh, you know, some of these inconvenient bumps in the temperature record so they could push their agenda. It's astonishing, Anthony. It's absolutely astonishing that so many people, Americans, and, and not just Americans, all throughout the world are so ignorant to how obvious a fraud this is. That we have, even though Right now, what we're calling science is still very limited in the grand scheme of things. If you were to pan back and look at a planet that is billions of years old, but yet through this very limited science that we think we're so futuristic, we can see that thousands of years ago, there was more CO2. That CO2 is not the problem. In fact, it is the principle of photosynthesis, yet somehow we've allowed justices and a corrupt court system to put this, us in a position where we could theoretically be taxed for breathing and living itself. It's just flabbergasting to me, is it not? It is flabbergasting that science has allowed itself to become so beholden to money, and that's really what this is all about. The climate business, and I call it a business now, has become a multi-billion dollar business around the world. Huge amounts of money are being thrown into so-called climate research, climate modeling, and other things. And it's employing thousands and thousands of people. It's its own industry now. And to try to get it shut down, to put the brakes on it, is really tough because you know, they don't want to give up that, that little empire that they're building in science. It doesn't matter to them if something's not right. It only matters to them whether or not they're going to be able to get the next grant. And in universities, that's what it's all about. It's the whole publish and perish mentality. If you don't publish, you're not going to get the next grant. If you don't have a problem to talk about, I mean, saying global warming, a.k.a. climate change, is a problem. If, it doesn't, if it's not a problem anymore, you're not going to get funding for it. Your job goes away. Your, your little empire building goes away. And so... It's all about money. It really is. Follow you, the money. It's just like deep throat. You know, Anthony, it's, it's, I, I'm lucky that I'm over 50. I, I, I really, I, every day I wake up and I say, thank God I was born in the late 60s. Because there was something called integrity that was actually, in some cases, more valuable than money. And one specific area that really kind of attracted people of integrity was the old-fashioned scientists. They really were not interested 
in obtaining big mansions and all the rest of it. They wanted the argument and they wanted to get to the truth and they never were satisfied. They never stopped looking. And the whole definition of science is to never stop looking. Are there enough people left? And if so, I, I, I pay attention to your website on YouTube. I love the Heartland Institute. I've even um, looked at your specific surface uh, stations.org. But are there enough of you, enough people like you, enough people who are in love with the idea of the argument and the principles of science to not be whores to political corruption like we've seen so many? I mean, the reality is there's thousands of pretend scientists like the ones at East Anglia University that were openly discussing how to fraud the data to get the check. Is there still enough scientists with integrity in your opinion? Uh, honestly, I don't think there is. And, and, and those that do have integrity are afraid to speak out because when you do speak out, um, you become a victim of social media. Social media, the people that are on social media who see you as a non-believer, so to speak, will immediately flock to you and discredit you and try to destroy you. It's almost like the, the ending of the 1975 movie Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Do you remember that movie? <laughs> I do. Donald well, Sutherland. I love Sutherland. And, and he's at the end of the movie, so he's pointing and going, ah, you know, he's <laughs> yes. pointing at you as, as you're a non-believer, non-conformer, whatever. It's almost like that in the way that climate realists like myself and other people at the Heartland Institute are treated. When we bring up something that is factual, based on research and based on what we've learned as opposed to opinion, we get that kind of treatment from the, the social media environment. Anthony, I think that there has to be a call. You know, the problem is people who are in love with the principles of liberty and freedom are sometimes hard to organize. I know this. I'm speaking from of myself. I love the principles of freedom and liberty and all the rest of it. I hate people, so I don't like coming together with a lot of people. But something like this needs to be supported. So has there been talk at heartland.org of having your own entity to, to raise your own money, to hire your own lawyers, to push back against the tyranny of the, of the eco-Nazis, as I call them, or the, the, the profiteers of fear? in the cult of safety. Is there, in your opinion, room to start this now? I mean, it's never too late to push back. However, I do think the system has been corrupted thoroughly. But has there been talk or an effort to do more? Because you guys just provide information for free. I know I've been using it for, for a long time. Is there any way that you guys are thinking about organizing and suing a totalitarian corrupt cartel of hyper-eco-Nazis? Well, that's a question that's probably above my pay grade at the Heartland Institute. But I can say this. There's a lot of people that are very, very concerned about this. They're concerned about the idea of using climate change, saving the planet, and so forth and so on, as, a, as an excuse for limiting your travel, for limiting what you eat, for limiting what you buy, for limiting uh, your gasoline. You know, I, I believe we're going to see things like gasoline rationing in the future where, you know, you're going to get a carbon footprint number that's assigned to you. Yes. And this is how much you can use. That's the kind of stuff that's coming. And if we don't start pushing back now, these things are going to become a reality. And so organizing that kind of thing, I'm not a community organizer. You have to talk to, my, to our friend Obama about that. 
But <laughs> I can say this: it needs to be done. It really does. Well, Anthony, I'm going to get. I'm going to do something. I'm going to. I, I think we need to get Heartland Institute. We got to get uh, a couple of different organizations. I've talked to some fantastic lawyers. It's really the benefit of the show, because um, people don't understand how how blessed we were to push back under the Obama years when they had the proposed cap and trade. Stock, or a scam that was going to be right here in Chicago, Illinois. It was a cap-and-trade exchange where Hank Paulson, yep. Al Gore, and some notable scam artists were going to be the mitigators of the right to pollute and the right to live. I think it can be done. We have beat it back in the past. And, Anthony Watts, we're going to get to know each other. We got a deal? I think so, yeah. I don't like how you took a long time to answer. I remember when I asked my prom date, she took the same amount of time, and the date didn't go so well. So we're going to have to work on that, Anthony Watts. But <laughs> well, because I, I have a delay here. I have oh, a delay, right. that's why. <laughs> but I do love what I, you I have do. a delay so that I don't accidentally say some of the seven words you can't say on radio. <laughs> don't worry. I, 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 you you got to be creative. I'll figure out how to polish those. Heart, in the meantime, you can see his work at heartland.org. And in the meantime, check out surfacestations.org as well. Anthony, really. Thank you for all you do. I appreciate it very much. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.